1: Again, Germany again for the second time in five days. Let me guess let no no let me guess. Just let me guess. A recently arrived refugee or again a roving gang, as usual, of Baptists. Excelsior. Welcome back, best and brightest. I am Jay Severin. We are together, the Blaze Radio Network. The complaint line never once yet used for that purpose, but always available for that purpose. one hundred three three nine three. 900 3393 one 900 3393 Tweets and you, you are on fire this week with your tweets. All read, some read on air. Many answered, most excellent. Okay, uh, it is a Friday edition, though once again circumstances deprive us of the opportunity to be wacky, 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 you know, if, at least to some degree. But here's what we've got now, and the reason we've got it is admittedly it's a summer Friday afternoon. And the political horse has been flogged until it dropped, pretty much this week. I know it is hard, and I'm—I mean this—I know it's difficult to believe. It is for me that people get tired of a political convention, or they're glad it's over, or you know they think it's boring, or they don't watch it, or any of that. I—that I, to me, that's—that's that's incredible. But I have to keep reminding myself that the best and brightest do consist of a minority. We're a splendid, brilliant minority, but a minority nevertheless. So, I don't know, maybe someone listening finds it easy to believe that the networks are looking for something else. I'm not saying they wouldn't be carrying this. I'm just saying that the wall-to-wall coverage on the cables, which has not stopped... Since just before one o'clock Eastern Time, literally wall to wall, no other story, no other coverage, no breaks, no nothing. Is the terror attack? And I'm going ahead. I'm going to go ahead and walk out on a limb here and say it's a terror attack. What we know so far is that what is being reported out of Germany by authorities is that multiple shooters have shot up a shopping mall and or shops and patrons therein. The number of casualties does not distinguish between injured and uh, dead, nor does it uh, give us any definitive number. The number is somewhere between 2 and above 20, and both come from uh, German authorities. And this is German authorities we're talking about. So generally speaking, when you're looking for precision, uh, you know, I mean, when, when you get a number from uh, the Germans, generally the number is the number. Munich terror, you remember, uh, or maybe not, and both are significant. What was it, four or five days ago, when a 17-year-old poor refugee a poor refugee from syria who was only seeking a new life came to germany promptly boarded a commuter train and slaughtered five six or seven germans wounded i don't know how many with an axe while he was screaming what else god is great well, of course what 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 else do you what else what other declaration do you make when you're slaughtering your fellow human being? God is great. And now it's four or five days later, and Munich is again, Germany is again, reaping the fruits of Angela Merkel's progressivism. They have let in one point two million. We were together, I I like I mean, I know this is a little weird. Uh, maybe it's like sniffing your own socks. I don't mean the clean ones. And, but I, I like to look up my old tweets. And I remember the Saturday afternoon that Germany opened the borders and the first wave of poor refugees came in. And I wondered then, and I tweeted then, and on Monday, 48 hours later, we discussed then, poor refugees, I wonder how many are ISIS I wonder how many will become ISIS. I wonder what kind of trouble Germany is right now buying itself. Maybe for now and maybe forever. And I'll stick with my original prediction. The Bavarian villages that I happened onto from a train or a bus or a bicycle or hitchhiking with a backpack when I was 20 years old, out of a picture postcard, what you would expect of a barbarian village, The population 400. One inn, one pub, the most lavish, uh, lavishly appointed accommodations uh, were a, a room as big, not quite as big as most Americans' principal bathroom with a single bed and a nightstand the size of a deck of cards and a deck of cards and a Bible and maybe a chair and ideally a window. And that probably costs you about $4, $4 US a night. It... it Don't tell me, like, leave it to Beaver or Father Knows Best. Don't tell me it didn't exist. I lived there. Don't tell me it didn't exist. I visited there. Don't tell me that when, within our lifetimes, when you went to Stockholm, you saw Swedish people. Don't tell me that within our lifetimes, when you went to Copenhagen, the majority of people that you met were natives of Copenhagen not Mogadishu or Raul Pindi or Mumbai or uh, some other place don't tell me because I know but my point is and I uh, intend to reiterate look for them only in fairy tales Look for them only in history books because they are gone. Gone with the wind. Don't don't think that you can in good conscience, even if you can afford it, and the percentage of people who can, our family was not rich. Our family was what at the time would have been called by social scientists solidly middle slash upper middle class. We were never rich. But we never heard – I never heard the word dollar or thought about the word dollar, which could be part of the problem, until I was, you know, past – you know, well past 21 years old. And we had one parent that worked, and we got to uh, put a couple of kids through college, take vacations. You know, own a home, et cetera, etc. Cetera. So for the shockingly small percentage of Americans who could still aspire to send their graduating high school or college seniors on a backpacking trip with here, you know, here's a thousand dollars, here's a rail pass. We'll see you in September. We love you. be careful. you know, I love you with all my heart. Comebacks, have fun be safe, come home safe to me. The shrinking and, and shockingly tiny percentage of Americans who can aspire to give that priceless gift of travel slash education to their children shrinks even smaller when you consider parental responsibility to keep your kid alive. Because not only can we no longer afford it because of Democrats, We can no longer confidently expect our children home safe. You know why? Because God is great.
2: The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network.
0: I am a big fan of disruptive ideas, and this year, Casper Mattresses is on the top of my list. Hi, it's Glenn Beck, and I love sleeping on my Casper Mattress. Casper is an obsessively engineered mattress at an unbelievably fair price. It combines springy latex and supportive memory foams to create an award-winning sleep service with just the right sink and just the right bounce. And better yet, it breathes so you don't wake up drenched in sweat. Time Magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015. Try Casper for 100 nights risk-free in your home. And if you don't love it, they're going to pick it up and refund everything. Imagine that, a company so confident that their product is what you want, that they'll offer a 100% refund. Made in America, with free shipping and returns to U.S. and Canada. Get $50 off of any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash glenn and use the promo code GLENN. Terms and conditions do apply. Go to casper.com slash glenn, casper.com slash glenn.
1: This is the Jay Severin Show. It is a pleasure to be here with Dr. Ty. He guides us, his steady hand on the tiller, which, given the rules of the road, he is reluctant but willing to turn over to you at any given moment. You call 1-888-900-3393, 1-888-900-3393. I'm very eager to talk about a very much and totally unrelated subject, but not at the yet at the expense of saying what we have to say about the terror in Munich. Uh, Germany invited in 1.2 million uh, Muslims. What they got is 1.2 million Muslims. What they may have gotten is .2 Shariaists or 1.15 million Shariaists? On that question turns the immediate and surely the future of that country of my principal ancestry known as Germany. Because Germany ain't going to be Germany at this rate under these circumstances you go to, go to munich go to berlin in 25 years walk, walk down the block walk around for an hour tell me whether it is still germany and that i know that that is a very open wound type of invitation to left wingers or the intellectually lazy to say, oh, that's racist, that's racist. No. It flirts with being racialist because I am saying that an, an utter and complete change in race, ethnicity, religion, uh, et etc., et cetera, culture, does change a country. Surely even the most rabid leftists are not prepared to argue that, at least not here in public with me. But when you change, if you take out of a country or you insert, if you insinuate into a country like Germany, one and a half million people of a different everything, different culture different skin color different songs different fables different story different blood different history different language different religion oh did i mention the religion may may require of you that you chop off people's heads for not sharing the same beliefs when you insinuate into a country a million and a half people thusly characterized and you don't expect profound changes culturally and every other way, then you're not ignorant. Don't worry. Don't worry. You're not ignorant. You are stupid. And we can cure ignorant. I'm here to cure mine every day. Every day I wake up, please, God, let me further cure my ignorance. But... Stupid, we can't help. Ignorance is skin deep. Stupid is to the bone. I can help cure myself and you of ignorance. Stupid, I can't help. And if you think you're going to put a million and a half Muslims in Germany, and with the description I've just given Any group in any country, all right, forget the Syrians, forget the Muslims. If you took a million and a half Danes and you put them in Lima, Peru, Lima, Peru would not look nor act like Lima, Peru in 25 years. Because it wouldn't be. All right. Multiple shooters in Munich, Germany, killing people. We don't know anymore, or they're not reporting anymore. Uh, That's everything you need to know other than God is great. And as we know more, we'll tell you more. Now, let me slide this in. Here, yesterday, I predicted... Well, no, I didn't predict. What I I said was, if I were advising Hillary Clinton, which, again, and I could more easily imagine presenting presenting today as Alice instead of Jay. But if were I advising Hillary Clinton, I would have told her, announce your VP running mate in a, in a window between last night and this morning in order to bang, end, tear in half, flush, boom, blow up, throw in the can Nail the throw in a shallow grave a coffin containing <clears throat> Donald Trump's political body and shovel dirt on it. End the story by announcing your VP pick, and the entire weekend, all of the talk shows and everyone who follows things like talk shows won't be talking about the Republican convention wrap up or Trump's speech or anything having to do with either. They'll be talking about. Turning the page, let's talk about Hillary's running mate. How exciting. That's a slam dunk guarantee. And that's why I am, it's look, it's Hillary's loss. This hasn't come and gone yet, but at 3.30 Eastern on a Friday afternoon, if they haven't done it yet, it looks like they won't do it today. They still have tomorrow because absolutely nothing happens by the laws of political and media physics. Nothing happens on a July or August Friday afternoon. So they they missed what I consider their biggest window. Now there's a hiatus period of about 24 hours. But if they don't release this tomorrow afternoon so that it dominates the Sunday morning talk shows, thus the kickoff of the week's news cycle, (coughs) pardon me, that means that will be issue number one on the Sunday talk shows. And then Monday morning on the morning shows and the talk shows and all of that, that means they're just not ready to do it because, you know, I mean, every, this is, this is, this is below one Oh one stuff. Everybody knows that you announce stuff when you're ready based on timing, which is most disruptive to your opponent. You know, what steals from your opponent as much prime coverage as possible? Well, that's okay. She hasn't yet. All right. The thing I'm eager to talk about, of course, is last night and this week, but something has cropped up in the course of uh, tweeting today with you guys, and one of them is... Almost all of my Twitter conversation derives from the following sentence that I tweeted, and I don't know how to say it better. I don't know how to say it better. Here is the tweet Evidently, Ivanka is as conservative as she is beautiful. Evidently, Ivanka is as conservative as she is beautiful.
2: Jay Severin. Excelsior. The Blaze Radio Network.
1: the blaze radio network i am Jay severin nothing changes that well i can't guarantee it you know i don't have my fingers on the plugs here uh but nothing ought change that between now and five o'clock eastern one triple eight three nine three. nine three one triple eight nine hundred three three nine three all right I, i've said what i've said about my uh, tweet about ivanka there it is i want to say something about the girl i said it i'll say it one more time And if no one wants to talk about it, it's fine with me. Uh, And, and, and what I said was evidently Ivanka is as conservative as she is beautiful. Period. Now I, I don't, I don't know for me, I don't know a better way to say it. So there it is. I, I really don't understand the confusion, uh, such as there may be about it. Uh, Let's move to the Trump speech. Well, let's move to the week, because it's the same thing. Last night's speech was pretty much the convention. Whether I like it, you like it, or Trump likes it, last night's speech pretty much was the convention. It was built up incredibly, especially by the Trump haters, so that he could never meet that, Level and they could say later, oh, did he let us down? Oh, did he suck? Which is, is a perfect example of what CNN did. I, I I just want to share with you in advance that if you don't know this, it was a great moment in broadcasting. CNN makes no secret of the fact that they despise you know everything and everyone one that is constitutional, and 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 at, at plus plus Trump. Okay, and they, and they hate Trump, and they're afraid. They're afraid that Trump ain't out of this. <clears throat> Pardon me. any case, they, they, they hated on Trump all night long, and then their fairly sophisticated polling unit reported its results last night. I don't know if it was midnight. I, I don't remember the time, and it was as follows. And before I tell you, this was before they told you. They went into this big thing, and I was laughing out loud. I was saying to everyone, be quiet, be quiet, listen to this. You're going to love this, because I knew five seconds in what it was. Before they told you the poll results, they said, now, wait a second. We've got some poll results here, and I want you to know that they're not definitive, and they're just from a special group of people. Who watch political conventions? I mean, they were trying to qualify and deny the, the, what was coming, and I knew it. I said, "This is going to be good because they're they're mortified, they're sickened by what they have to report right now." And sure enough, a minute a minute fifteen later, this weasel comes on and says, "Okay, okay." Having said all that, percentage of people who liked. Percentage of voters who liked Trump's speech, 75. Percentage of people who believe, voters, who believe that the ideas and policies contained in Trump's speech would bring America in the proper needed direction, 75. And then they came back and continued to commiserate about, well, this is, could be a very misleading number. You know, you really can't put anything on this. When is the last time you heard anybody, especially if they had had results that say, you know, percentage sucks dead moose, you know, 75 percent. It would have led every hour. It would have been wall to wall with that story for the next six months. As it is, the Trump speech offended. I, I learned this morning, the Trump feat, uh, speech offended Megan McCain. You know the McCain twins. Have you seen Megan McCain? Have you seen her sister? Well, they're they're Siamese twins. They're they're seen together generally in the same seat, which is. I don't know how they do that, but. That's a marvel of engineering. Uh, the McCain, the Meghan McCain twins were offended by the Trump speech so was the entire CNN panel which last I I tried to count was 39 people uh, up on the stage Uh, all of them journalists of one kind or another Meghan McCain et al said the Republican Party I knew is dead. Uh, Wrong, Tubby. The Republican Party I grew up with, you grew up with, is dead. Yours, Megan and Megan, is being born right now. And it's small. It's a small movement right now because no one knows what the Republican Party is or whether it really exists. And I know why Megan is confused because nothing about Megan is small except her brain. So, that she was offended probably tells you all you need to know. Anyone who has regarded themselves a conservative for more than the last 10, 15 minutes, anyone who thinks of herself, himself, as a conservative, was offended by that speech last night because at some point you realized that the speech, as well as the week, the convention, made no mention out of the nominee's lips about smaller government, lower taxes, conservative principles, Constitution of the United States of America, and without necessarily, I mean, maybe it's impossible not to, but without necessarily rehashing the uh, Ted story here, I mean, we'll cert- we're certainly going to rehash part of it, but a Republican was booed off the stage. Forget everything else. Everything else. Wipe the slate clean. And let me repeat something I said yesterday. Please think of it as independent of every other impression you have about the convention or the personalities uh, that comprised it. And just just focus on this sentence. A Republican was booed from the stage at the Republican National Convention for saying vote for the candidates who will most support the Constitution of the United States. Okay, that's not that's not the real world anymore. Okay. By the way, Trump now claims he did not repeat, did not know in advance everything Ted was going to say. Now, at at this point, it's it's gone. It's over. No one's going to bother. But this is a major uppercase WTF. Uh, question mark, exclamation point. What? What? The entire linchpin of the Ted Cruz said or failed to say X explained away by Donald Trump waving his hand and saying, oh, don't worry about that. I knew all about that. Are you kidding me? I knew all about that. And, and, And forgive me. Did I not say yesterday, or was it the day before, did I not say that, sure, sure, it could be that Trump knew all about it and let him do it, or it could be that this campaign is so grossly incompetent that someone actually got to that stage and delivered a disloyal tract without Trump knowing? Did I say it? Did I say it? Yes, I said it. Is it so? I have no idea. But now Trump says, I didn't know what Ted was going to say. Trump now says, Ted went off teleprompter and made uh, a negative, you know, an attack statement that I didn't know about. I didn't expect, says Donald Trump. So Ted ambushed me. That is to say... That the entire linchpin of the explanation of the the Ted saying what he said and Trump claiming I knew about it Ah I knew about that Sure I did I let him I let him do it anyway which is roughly the equivalent of when your wife is caught w- with the plumber uh, and not going over the household plumbing. And, and you know, you say someone brings it up at a bar and you say, oh, that, that, I I knew about that. I, I knew about that. I let her do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I knew all about that. Okay. So Trump says he knows all about it until this morning when he says, how about that lie Ted? I didn't know anything about this. He went up there and ambushed me. Can you believe this won't be a story? It's not going to be. It may get a mention, but it's not going to be a story. And when you think about it, when you think about the role that that mystery, that question played in this week's convention, did Ted go up there? Did he really go up there and stab Trump in the front with Trump knowing it in advance? Really? Really? And then Trump says this morning, no, that's not what happened. He stabbed me in the back. I had no idea. This, that this is not a story, tells you how much of a goat blank this convention compared to other conventions. And without prejudice to the matter of whether Trump can become president, because he can, without prejudice to those other questions, this was the goat blank of goat blanks.
2: Jay Severin, The Blaze Radio Network. This is Jay Severin. Is Severin on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: With my partners, one triple eight nine 888 900 3393 That would be the best and brightest. All right, let's speak to Andrew from the gun-murder capital of the nation, uh, Obama's hometown, uh, Chicago.
3: Hey, Jay, what's going on?
1: Uh, Andrew. You know,
3: I had to call... I had to call in, you know, when you're talking obviously about Ivanka Trump and and whatever that was last night at the convention. Um, obviously, I came in as a Ted Cruz supporter, not really a fan, nearly on the Never Trump bandwagon. But I, I wanted to get a little bit of a different task because I haven't really heard a lot of people talk about necessarily the politics of what took place last night in terms of I thought that, Ivanka laid out a masterful case uh, against Hillary and one that's going to be real tough for Hillary to refute. You know, they went after, you know, the record that Donald may have or may not have with women and, you know, some of the things that he's done in his own business. And I thought it was really interesting um, to kind of maybe blunt that tactic, you know, that Hillary has kind of shown her hand already to tried to attack right. on and she's done it against right. Andrew let, the me, let me
1: let me submit this to you for your consideration uh-huh. I think you're right but I think it is half the calculus is half the equation the case that Ivanka made and virtually anybody else but certainly let's just focus on her anything she's ever said that's critical of Hillary is essentially made on the basis of saying Hillary is not true to her word. she's not the liberal or the progressive. You think she is. My father is she didn't Ivanka didn't and has never criticized Hillary for not being conservative. She has criticized her for not really keeping her word to do these progressive things as in as as in Hillary says you know. She's for this and for women and for minorities and for this. But in fact, you know, it's my father who has. And so essentially what she was doing was having a straw dog fight with herself about who was the true progressive. That was the touchstone in this. The center of gravity in her argument was. Who really is for the LBGT, AM and FM, PhD, BBC, VD, DVD, STD uh, uh, community, uh, really? It's my father. It's not Hillary. So you see, she wasn't making a comparative argument with the center of gravity being who's the real conservative. She was making this center of gravity argument that hillary's a phony progressive my father is the real thing
3: yeah i agree with you 100 percent there and, and I thought it was so interesting in terms of how that was playing itself out but at the same point in time i think you know for those of us who are on the conservative side of things i think that ship has sailed in terms of you know ever getting donald trump to be necessarily on that what we're going to find
1: out you're you're right well whether or not it's sailed and i think you're right i mean I, I'm only I'm, I'm being a, a, a pain in the ass in the strictest terms by saying, I won't admit yet that you're 100% right, though 100% of the evidence I see tells me that you're right. Because Trump was never a conservative. He isn't a conservative. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the convention we saw and the speech we heard was not a conservative James convention. Severin.
2: On the Blaze Radio Network.
1: What kind of what kind of convention did you see or hear if in fact you saw and heard the convention what what how would you characterize it what adjective would you use conservative <laughs> republican whatever the hell that would be what did we see what 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 was this What did what speech did Donald Trump give? Was that a conservative speech? Was that a Republican speech? That's why we're here. If we don't know, no one knows. And today there's a chance no one knows Excelsior. Excelsior. Welcome back, my friends, and you are my dear radio family on the Blaze Radio Network, best and brightest. I am Jay Severin, one triple eight nine hundred three three nine three one triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. I'm tweeting furiously and enjoyably with many of you, including uh, Doubting Thomas, who appears to me to be fairly new uh, to the mix. And uh, and and uh, doubting. Thank you. Love your stuff. But just really quickly because i don't have, I'm a little confused I don't know right now what the hell you're talking about. I mean you responded and said yours, but i don't I don't know what that means, and then in your next one you said, "No, you have not and i I, don't, I have not what you need to please, please restate your proposition or your criticism or whatever it is and i'm I, I, I will greatly happily. Uh, and and uh, and uh, and gratefully respond. I just don't know. I we I, I just we're a little lost here. I don't know what we're saying. Uh, Calendula, though, I have in the last several days more than once uh, commended you for your uh, your thinking and your opinions on Twitter. Today, I just I I'm concerned for I'm concerned. Are you well, Calendula? insinuated, well actually she outright said, I didn't listen to the, I didn't watch the convention. I didn't listen to the Trump speech. I didn't listen to, I I don't know, I didn't watch any of it. I didn't listen. So Calendula believes, and I don't know what she's doing, he or she, sorry, is doing listening to a program hosted by someone who he or she thinks doesn't know what they're talking about. I mean, if you really think that I come on this show and I don't know stuff cold. Now, again, it doesn't make me right. None of it makes me right. But the fact that I spend minimum 16 hours, generally 18 hours a day, engaged in this show, either the preparation for it, it, night before, day of, and its presentation. If you think I ever bring up anything, I mean... If nothing else, do you not see evidence here every day, uh, illustration of the great jurisprudential maxim that a good prosecutor, a good trial attorney, never ever asks a question to which he does not in advance know the answer already? Do you really think I would ask a question to which I don't already know at least my answer? And if so, turn off the show. I don't deserve you. I mean it. If you think, if you disagree, listen to the show. If you think that I don't know what I'm talking about, don't listen to the show. I disagree with many of you. I never think that you don't know what you're talking about, or if I do, I tell you so. And after a while, if I believe you don't know what you're talking about, I just don't answer your tweets anymore. Uh, because I don't believe you know what you're talking about, and I don't. I can't give to you the time I can give to people who do know what they're talking about, even if I disagree with them totally. It has nothing to do with agreeing. It has to do with having a well-informed and ultimately well-articulated opinion. So, or, or admitting that you don't know and you'd like to know more. Again, ignorance. I try to cure my own every day. But I'm really, I'm astounded. It, 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 and I think, Calendula, you still, even though there is evidence here of a, of a brain tumor, uh, for you, not me, I I still think you can comprehend this. I'm not insulted. I'm just mystified. Why would you listen to a host that you thought didn't know what he's talking about? If you think that I make this up every day, that I come on and say... You know, that I'm like outside playing badminton and then I come in and I like look at the front page of the newspaper and say, all right, here's three things I can talk about today. I don't know anything about them. I'll just throw them out there. Do you really listen to this show? And think I ever proffer a question to which I do not in advance know the answer? If so, you are you you waste your valuable time here. I wouldn't listen to anyone who I thought misrepresented their acquaintance with the news. I wouldn't listen. I wouldn't give my precious time to anybody who, whether I agreed or disagreed, didn't know that were like totally clueless because they came on the air and said, you know, I watched the convention last night. But what I actually was watching was bass fishing night on TNT. What are you doing here? All right, very important. That was very important. This is very important. Trump held his first post-acceptance speech, which was last night. I, of course, I, I think it was last night. I have no idea. I was watching bass fishing. But I, I, I think last night was his acceptance speech. And today Trump gave his, his first presser, first contact with the press since the speech. So what does every rule, what does every rule of politics and media, physics, dictate? It is that you, if you have a presser, maybe you don't, but if you do, you come on with the intention of delivering and underscoring a message. And that message would be the themes of your speech last night. And you would hammer them home again, and the press would cover that live. And they would cover it later in in print and in subsequent coverage. What you would not do is show up for a presser and immediately step on your own schwanz. What you don't do is step on your own schlong, which for the fourth day in a row... The guy I probably will be, well, the guy I will be voting for intentionally stepped up and on his own schlong. He had a presser this morning, and instead of talking about his themes from last night, what did he do? What did he do? Did he stick to his message? You know, I mean, there are really, there aren't a lot of rules in politics, especially anymore because of Trump, ironically, but fundamental just to getting through to voters is don't step on your own story. Don't pee on your own message. Have a message. Stick to it. Trump didn't. Trump came out and talked about, I wouldn't take Ted Cruz's, you know, at the end of a shite stick. I wouldn't take his endorsement. By the way, he did screw me. What? What? Now, I didn't know what he was going to say. He, he 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 ambushed me. What? What you're telling us this now? And and why? And then he went on to, well, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want Ted's endorsement cuz he's a liar. He's lying Ted. And hey, you know, when I said that his father helped assassinate JFK, what can I do? It was on the front page of the inquirer, his father and Lee Harvey Oswald having breakfast together. Now he knows. He knows This is the thing that's like waving red before a bull. And he comes right out and does it. Now, that's okay if you're going to taunt your opposition. I kind of like that. I kind of admire that. But aren't you stepping on your own schwans by doing this? He comes out and he talks about assassinating JFK. He talks about I don't want his uh, endorsement. Yes, he did ambush me, the opposite of what I said last night. and And... I think the only thing he didn't mention was plagiarism. And there is there is a lesson here. And maybe I didn't fully understand the lesson until this morning. But I tell you, I understand it now. And whether or not you'll agree, I proffer it to you in a moment.
2: This is Jay Severin, Severin. on the Blaze Radio Network.
0: It's
1: the Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Justin Brightest, here's what I have learned, but it's been a continual process for me and for you, I think. But more precisely, I suppose I ought to say this is what I've concluded. I didn't learn it last night. I didn't learn it this week. Last night and this week helped confirm it for me. But it's been a learning process. So let me tell you what I've concluded. I have concluded, and, and, and this morning's press conference did it. Just this morning did it. And I'm not saying I hate Donald. I'm done with him. He's going to lose. Please, please don't misunderstand me. <clears throat> I choose my words carefully. I use them as a precision instrument. Let's do each other the, you know, the respect of appreciating each other's words for good or ill, okay? Here's my conclusion. Donald Trump is essentially prime time programming. He is, as my baby girl told me a year and a half ago, when Miley Cyrus was out on stage performing acts of simulated serial sex with a number of men-like creatures, kind of men creatures, and I was mortified, and and I was thinking a hundred things, including how does this stuff get, how did this get in prime time? This like a Sunday night at eight o'clock. How did, how did? Miley Cyrus approximating Folatio on network television. Get into my living room! This is so much of the popular culture that it's on Sunday night at 8 o'clock and I turned around and my little girl looked at me and said twerking, dada. It's, it's, it's twerking. She knew. It has a name and she knew it. I didn't. My baby girl, my little girl knew that it had a name and she knew the name. Twerking. Okay. Donald Trump is twerking. Donald Trump is primetime programming. Donald Trump is, in his essence, a cartoon character. He's a soap opera. He is his own primetime television special. I-, I know. Why did it get... Why did it take me so long to get this? I you know what? Fair enough. Fair enough. Trump is a cartoon character, and people like the cartoon. Or and the cartoon character is is too negative. What I mean to say, Trump is a Kardashian. And I if you if you all of a sudden went in and tore the wig and the mask off him, it would be Bruce Jenner, maybe, I don't know, But, but he's, he's a Kardashian or maybe the Kardashians are Trump's. I don't know where the line stops and starts anymore, but it's, it's Kardashian. The phenomenon is Kardashian, like twerking. It's a soap opera. People like the soap opera. Donald Trump is a character in soap opera. They like the character. They like. The soap opera. They like watching it. And they like it a lot more when he plays Bruce Jenner. They like it a lot more. People like it a lot more and understand Donald a lot more when he says, you're fired, than when he says, I understand what the triad defense system means. It's the cornerstone of our nuclear defense policy. Here's what it is. No one wants to hear that, evidently. They want to see him twerking. They want they want the Kardashians. They don't want meet the press. And so when he plays Macbeth, they tune him out. When he plays Mr. Magoo, they listen. Now, for this reason, and because I don't think he can help himself, Anyway, one way or the other, what we have thus far seen is what we're going to see. The convention that we saw was no mistake. It's the only convention that Donald Trump could do. I was out of my mind to ever even remotely expect otherwise. There are no precedents for Donald Trump or his impact on the political system, or the reciprocal impact on him or on all of us. This, throw out the rule books. This is rollerball on acid. What we've seen so far is, I predict, what we're going to see for the next 109 days. Show of hands, who remembers when I said, right here, Right, right here. You can't beat a circus without another bigger, better circus. Show of hands. Who remembers? You can't beat a circus without your own bigger, better circus. This is a circus. I don't know how many days I've said the civics circus maximus. Who was I talking to? Clearly not to myself. I mean I, I mean I, I mean you may have understood me. Apparently I didn't understand me. This is a circus. And the Donald is the big top. Donald Trump we've grown up in it if you're listening to this, you've never seen a campaign like this. No one alive has seen a campaign like this. Period. Fact, period. Donald Trump, I mean, it used to be, is it a good campaign? Is it a bad campaign? What are the issues? You know what? Donald Trump is the campaign. Donald Trump doesn't have a campaign. Donald Trump is the campaign. <laughs> Donald Trump is the product. When you when you go into the store, you go down the aisle and, and you see different kinds of chips and pretzels, and all of a sudden there is a hologram of Donald Trump, or maybe it's really him in real life, saying, don't buy that crap. Here, buy me. And you pick them up and you put them in your basket because there is no campaign. There are only personalities. And... Yes, yes, I've known this was coming. Yes, this is how I've made my life, my living. Yes, but until this morning, until I saw him go out there and talk about Ted Cruz's father having breakfast with Lee Harvey Oswald and assassinating JFK the morning after his acceptance speech and not regretting it, I said, Jay, my friend, you're using the wrong template here. He
2: is the product. Seven on the Blaze Radio Network. Friend
1: on the Place Radio Network. So, Mister Brightest, I hope I have made clear what I meant to say, no more, no less. I realize now, and my expectations are no longer such, that the standard measures of a lifetime of involvement in the business of politics—that doesn't mean I don't know politics and media. I still know it better than anybody else but the question is the guy who knows it best how well does he know it i will admit that the entire the entire universe has been shrunk by this because you just you don't you don't you don't anymore know what's going to happen donald trump can come out this morning after his acceptance speech and be ready to hammer home that's why last night i said you know, one, two, three, bam, and write your own headlines. It's the only time you can do it. And write your own headlines for the next, uh, for the weekend. Instead, he says, yeah, remember that Inquirer cover with Ted Cruz's father? <laughs> Breakfasting with Lee Harvey Oswald? Hey, hey, I didn't make it up. So you got and you talk about the Inquirer and JFK assassination and Ted's father. And you know why? Because Because Donald Trump, can write his own headlines in weeks other than his convention. He can write his headlines every day. And they may be good or they may be bad, but he's proving something over which there's been a timeless debate in the world of, in the public world, in the world of, of, of public relations, in the world of advertising, in it, it for public people. A- and that general question is, there is no such the general proposition to be debated and has been for, you know, 75 years, at least maybe 75,000 years. And that proposition is there is no such thing as bad advertising. There is no such thing as bad PR. There is no such thing as bad publicity. Just spell my name, right? Just get the name, right? Just get the call letters in there. You know, A lot of people have believed for a long time that's not true. I have believed for a long time that's not true. That there is such a thing as as bad news. As bad publicity. I know. I've gotten some. And until you get some, like food poisoning, you really don't know it until you know it. But all that being said, Donald Trump is a different animal entirely. And though there are still boundaries within he within which he operates. I now understand that a lot of those boundaries have been vaporized, vaporized gone because Donald Trump will come out today and ignore his opportunity to boost the wrap up coverage of his convention his one and only convention. And instead talk about Ted's father helping assassinate JFK. And Trump's numbers by Monday, watch, will go up. And not because of the convention. They'll go up because he talked about the JFK assassination or something. I, I, it's, it's, it's astounding. It's amazing. It's frustrating. But it's certainly true. Donald Trump is the campaign. Donald Trump is the product. He's running against a classic political machine in the Clinton campaign and a classic Democrat candidate. And it scares me to death that she that she is going to win. But I'm not saying she's going to win. I, I still, you know, more than ever, I believe that Trump can win. I'm not saying he will win, but I believe more strongly than at any moment in this, that he can, that he can win. Joe from Tampa. Hey,
4: Jay. You're welcome. got a question for you. Sure. The, uh, I, I'm the kind of person who needs to know why. And given that you're able to come on on a daily basis and talk about all the idiotic moves that the Trump <laughs> campaign has made, and I believe, because i I agree with you on essentially every one of those comments and and I don't think I'm you know any smarter than anybody else, but it's hard to get outside your own head what? right when you're an expert at something like you you aren't politics, you can't know what the layman knows. and I'm not a political expert, but I you know I follow like probably most of the the people who listen to your show, I mean, they're, they're not, if if, if, if if we wanted to be listening to classic rock, we would be, but we're not. So, Right, no, what we we're not dummies listen, here. Right? No. And, and so my question, part one of my question is this, and I guess, let me preface it with this, we have to agree that Paul Manafort, for whatever else you may think of him, is not a complete idiot also, right?
1: So... How? Uh, I'm, I'm going to withhold judgment on that. May, may I defer? Uh, am I under oath? Can I defer my response on that question? Sure. Okay.
4: But, again, and, and with, you know, without regard to personal politics, and I don't know if that's where you're headed, right? But, I mean, you don't get to where that guy is by being an income poop. Can we agree on that?
1: We can. And okay. I hope we can also agree on the fact that I, 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 I know I did what he did. I did what he does. Uh, for a variety of reasons, including my being less talented, I did not achieve the income level <laughs> that, that that he did. But I certainly achieved a level of national and international notoriety within the industry and, and money that only now I wish I had saved uh, some of <laughs> Uh, but because i do understand what he does for a living but again that's within the context of what i've just admitted i don't know if i know anymore sure
4: i guess my again part one is and you can let go of the part uh, of the pre-manafort days right and say well trump's trump and blah, blah 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 but now and granted he Manafort's also not going to be arm wrestling him, or, or you know, to to do, look, do it my way or or not. But how is it that you can see that he, that Trump is still making what appear to be second grade maneuvers at the at this high? I mean, this is the highest, this is the most right. important I, political I take contest the question. in the world.
1: I, I take the question, and I think you must you must be prepared to consider. Not admit, it's not for me to say, but I think you must be prepared to at least consider, Joe, the proposition that Donald Trump exists, and if he didn't, we would have found another one. I don't know if there is another one, but what I mean to say is Donald Trump is explainable mostly by the fact that Americans are utterly disgusted with their system, such as we have never before in modern times, if ever, known them to be. And they want change, you know, and they are really amped up for for change. And they want they want someone to just, you know, burn down the factory. They are angry and they are disillusioned and they really want change. And, you know, Donald Trump is a number one change agent. And Hillary ain't. That's what I think explains the fact that she just can't shake him, that she's got a floor and he may have a ceiling. But he's still within. No matter what he does, he's still within two points of her. But if you can see it,
4: and I can see it, and ninety-eight percent of your listeners can see it, how is it that the other that that those people who were who were who were booing Cruz and uh, all but threatening Heidi Cruz the other night? How are those? And I get, I get it. I get riled up easy, and and so I get where people are coming from, but. You have to be able to recognize a wolf in sheep's clothing. Donald Trump, somebody, I I can't remember if it was somebody who said it on, I guess you haven't taken many calls yet. I think it was somebody who said it to Buck today. He will say anything, Trump, would sell his mother for a vote.
1: (laughs) I, I think that's an upgrade. Because that, that would, that, you know what I mean? Because that would kind of suggest that he's so calculating that he would do that. I just think that he is going to end up the world's most famous ADD victim. I think this is attributable to to a, a, a severe uh, adult attention disorder. It's not That's like he'd him, say anything I'm, I'm asking- because he calculated it. He says anything because he has and at least I've if I've nothing else, I've got this Joe that, that's mine. I said about a year ago that he's got political Tourette syndrome. When Trump gets up on the stage it's like balls, nipple, Hillary, poop, you know. Oh I'm sorry. Him,
4: but that doesn't explain how so many people and, and you said, you know, people are fed up and they want to burn in the factory. Great. But at any cost, I mean if you can't see what he really is at this point i question your sanity and i would I agree. Also add
1: hey i agree though- but do you think do you think most Amer- most now not most people in this audience but do you think most people in america don't forget now half of them are voting for hillary sure 50 54% of them right now hold obama in esteem would vote for him again tomorrow if they could. So do you think a majority of Americans holds the presidency in such esteem that they believe it requires intelligence? As you said, very astutely, you can't get outside your own head. So do Americans who understand nothing of this, the majority, the vast majority of them, understand that Donald Trump is not equipped to be what we generally regard as having the the minimal requirements of a extension high school education, let alone being president of the United States, except that the people at the convention,
4: the people at the convention are real. I don't mean this like are are, are political nerds, right? I mean the people at that that are at the convention. Yes, are listening? Yep. They're they're tuned in. They're they're not yep. listening to, to to music all day. They no, are no. into this like we are. How do they, you they account live for, for them being blind, blindly following or, or whatever you want to call it?
1: Well, be, be, you know, and again, I don't want to be a bummer or a downer here. Uh, because we're having the sex and all of a sudden I don't want to have the like love, the hugging part. So I'm a little reluctant here to introduce the hug, the relative hugging dimension here, but it's really because Donald Trump has, has, has won, you know, he, he's going to be the nominee and every one of those, uh, sad women with the cowboy hat and the, and the size 27, uh, tasteless red dress who are, they think, boogieing down on the convention floor every night. And is there anything more embarrassing than watch watching middle aged white people dance to Stevie Wonder? Answer no. But in any case, all of those people who are there as delegates live for this stuff. And you know what? God love them. I love them. God bless them. I bless them. I love them. They're committed to this. But the reason they're committed is you could have yanked Trump out of there and put in Ishkabibble or Daffy Duck or me or you and whoever their county chairman told them this is who we're for they would be down there drunk waving their hats uh, dancing to Stevie Wonder.
2: On the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze
1: Radio Network. Best and brightest, welcome back. Joe was one of the best callers ever. I didn't cut him off, so that you know. Um, I just wanted you to know. Do, do we, uh, Ty? Do we still have Alex? Yes. Alex, welcome. Sorry for. Uh, thank you for your patience. Sorry for the wait.
3: Ah, thank you, Mister Severin. Good evening, sir. Well, Greetings. I want to say thank you. Thank you at the beginning. Every time I listen to you, my uh, my brain adds another curve. So
4: appreciate
3: that. you
1: <laughs> You're kind. Right, Thank you I'm very gonna, much.
3: You're welcome. I'm going to touch uh, three subjects. I was listening to you yesterday about the Trump and versus uh, uh, versus uh, uh, Cruz and stuff. And uh, right. I,
4: I
1: hold I, on, Ty. How long do we have? And a half. All right, we have a minute and a half. It's yours. I hope you call back tomorrow. But so you know, it's yours. Go. All
3: right, I'm a local guy. All right, Trump. He's a shallow guy. He runs his campaign as a show. He's got no rod. Remember we talked about rod the big metal rod, constitution, beliefs, Bible, understanding, truth, mm-hmm. you know, truth, everything. He doesn't have that. Cruz have it. That's why he invites the Cruz. He was hoping, like a three-year-old kid, that maybe, maybe, maybe Cruz uh, will uh, endorse him. But it didn't happen.
1: So, do you now, think there's only time for me to ask you this, and again invite you, and and whenever you call back, if you do, I'll put you right on the air because you waited and I and I cheated you. Uh, but do you think Cruz, in the end, not this week, but in the end, did Ted Cruz help or hurt himself in terms of his own aspirations by what he did?
3: No, he helped himself. He helped himself
1: because. So you think if if Trump loses. The Republican voters won't blame Cruz, and they'll say, "Hey, look, you know what? This is the guy we should have chosen, and when we yes. get a second chance, we should take him."
3: Because, it, because there is a there is a few times. that... Uh, right, I'm a- sorry,
1: Alex. We don't have time. To- we don't have time for the uh, never with or never more call back. Best and brightest tomorrow. No, Monday.
2: This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network.